0: The Packers plan to bring back Devontae Adams no matter what happens with Aaron Rodgers. But if Rodgers leaves, is that actually the best thing for the team? You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. To do your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Pop! Every day. Touchdown. You're Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Today, I'm Peter Bukowski, and I come to the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. The number one Packers podcast on the Internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how? Thanks to everyone that makes Locked on Packers your first listen of the day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. No news on Aaron Rodgers. He did not do a Pat McAfee, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. He did not do a surprise Pat McAfee Wednesday, which I thought he might do. And so it will be uh, Thursday at the very earliest that we know, Thursday being today, about the future of Aaron Rodgers. I want to go back for a second, though. We talked about this in passing yesterday. The Packers have said, and they have made it clear by signal and by intention, that Devontae Adams is going to be a Packer in 2022. Now, whether that is real or whether ultimately if Aaron Rodgers decides to move on, they will tag and trade Devontae Adams, we'll see. What I said was, though, whether or not that is the wise decision, whether or not that is the prudent decision, is separate from what we believe the reality to be, which is that the Packers are not going to let Devontae Adams walk this offseason. Certainly not walk for nothing. And there are two schools of thought on this. Let's interrogate them both. The first says, you have to, if Aaron Rodgers is going to retire or Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded... Your, your likely best-case scenario is that Jordan Love is going to be your quarterback and you get someone like a Marcus Mariota to be his backup, to mentor him, and in, in case things go horribly wrong, you have a chance to then go and, and still be a playoff team, potentially, with Mariota, assuming these other pieces can be made to fit in. The best way to make sure Jordan Love looks maximally good The best way to make sure you're getting the most out of Jordan Love is to have the best receiver in football for him to throw to. We got that glimpse in Kansas City. Now, Devontae Adams is coming off COVID. Did not look to be himself was not his his dynamic self in terms of running and getting open and, and fighting for the ball and winning at the catch point, all these things that that we're used to seeing him do. And maybe part of it is that they just don't have that, that preternatural connection that Rodgers and Adams do. And, and you know, that's not even the right word. It's a good word, but it's not the right word because Rodgers and Adams didn't have it either to start. They developed it. And and these things usually need to be developed. So you want Jordan Love to have the ability to develop that connection with the best receiver in the game. The best chance for the Packers to win without Aaron Rodgers offensively is to have Devontae Adams. And... Given the way that he works in this scheme, given the way Matt LaFleur has found ways to get him open, given the layups and the bunnies that they're able to manufacture for him, in addition to, hey, just, it's a slot fade, and if Devontae has one-on-one coverage, throw it to him. That simplifies a lot of what you're looking at if you're Jordan Love. It makes things easier pre- and post-snap. Pre-snap, do I have one-on-one with Devontae Adams? if yes, throw it. If no, figure something else out, maybe still throw it. It's like one of those, uh, those diagrams where it's like squiggly lines and boxes. And it's like, okay, so if if here, then here, if no, then this way, that whole thing. This is a, a visual medium that makes it very difficult. But um, having Devonte Adams is going to be the best opportunity for Jordan Love to succeed. I don't think we have to worry about Jordan locking in on Devontae Adams or um, doing the things that maybe Aaron Rodgers was criticized for doing in terms of saying, I'm not going to trust anybody but but Devontae. He doesn't have the built-in experience with Devontae Adams to even have that to fall back on. The other side of this is... Packers are not competing for a title with Jordan Love in all likelihood. Now they have better information than we do in terms of what Jordan Love looks like, what Jordan Love is as a player and and as a prospect. Brian Guttekin still very bullish on Jordan Love. Does it make the most sense to say, look, don't pay him 25, 26, 28, 30 million. Save that money. Allocate those resources to secondary players, defensive players, to other lesser uh, quality, but a slew of lesser quality players and hope that you can prop up Jordan Love in the short term because long term you hope that he becomes a franchise quarterback. But short term, you're bringing in enough pieces that, that make the parts fit and that allows you to do... You know, what, what teams have done over the last couple of years, what what the 49ers did with Jimmy Garoppolo, for example, or what the Rams did with Jared Goff, for example, and use a very good team to ride a, for now at least, mediocre quarterback into the postseason. And once you get into the postseason, who knows? Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo went to a Super Bowl. Neither of those teams won it, but, you know, it, it did take some luck. And in the 49ers case, some bad luck for that to be how it played out. I think there are compelling cases on both sides that they have the right perspective on this. And I think it depends for the Packers on where they view this roster, who they think they can bring back. And and if they can bring back Devontae Campbell, Preston Smith. Alan Lazard is a restricted free agent who they should be able to bring back relatively inexpensively. What do they find in the draft? We're going to get to the draft coming up here in a second when it comes to the receivers. Because I think that's part of this as well. Or if Rodgers is moving on, is the best way forward a soft reset? A 2008 reset. You, you move in the new quarterback. You get the slew of pieces for Aaron Rodgers, or he retires. That's that's certainly you know possible too. But either way, you cut twenty million off his cap hit if he retires, and then you go, okay, well, the best thing to do is to call the Raiders and say, how about a first and a guy? Or you call the Chargers, how about a first and a guy? And and we went through those trades. Neither. Uh, Q from from the Raiders or David Drogemeyer from the Chargers were we're thrilled about those trades. But I do think both of those teams would be willing to to make a splash for someone as good as Devontae Adams, especially in the current climate, the current market, and where those teams are in their development. And so if you're able to get a bunch of picks, like let's say say Rodgers wants to be traded and you can get three firsts in Jerry Judy and then Devontae Adams can get you another first. Like you'd get three first round picks This year, you'd have two next year and two the year after. That's a lot of draft capital to rebuild a roster for just two players when you've already traded up to get Jordan Love. Now, can that replace the delta that you're missing when you go from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love? That's a big question. But the Packers, it seems, are not going to say, hey, Aaron, cool that you want to come back. Here's a trade. It is going to be predicated on the idea that Rodgers, should he be traded, wants to be traded. All the information, all, 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 all the information that we have says if Aaron Rodgers is dealt this offseason, it's because he wanted to be moved. So the Packers in that case don't really have much of a choice but to get the maximum return possible. That factors into the Devontae Adams of it all as well because if you're forced to make a choice on Aaron Rodgers maybe all of a sudden a choice that Brian Gudikins insists is irrespective of the Aaron Rodgers part of this all of a sudden they become very much connected and that was something we talked about yesterday if you missed it go check out yesterday's show today's episode is brought to you by bet online football season might be over but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops for all the latest odds totals player performance props to where the next coach fired is going to land bet online is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs bet online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores podcasts and news this season it's not just basketball bet online is your source for hockey boxing UFC there's Aaron Rodgers odds on bet online And a lot, a lot more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So... What about the draft? What about the draft? A couple different things about the draft. I don't think the draft has any bearing on the choices that you have to make when it comes to Devontae Adams. Now, if you get the number nine pick from Denver, for example... And you think that's good enough to get you the number one receiver in this class and you love Traylon Burks or you love Garrett Wilson or you love Jameson Williams or you love Drake London, one of these guys who's going to go high. Then maybe that changes your calculus with Devontae Adams. You get Jerry Judy, you get this top 10 pick, you can bring in Traylon Burks. Hey, all of a sudden now you're cooking with gas and get the additional ammunition and you feel like you have the young core to move forward with. What do you do though? About Devontae Adams. How does that affect the way that you view that? I think that that is part of this in some way. It shouldn't it shouldn't I think affect your decision on Adams necessarily. But if you're going to get this haul and you're going to get Jerry Judy and the top 10 pick, maybe it makes you more willing to say if I can get another first and a guy? That's worth doing. Let's assume, for now, there's no Aaron Rodgers trade because I do not think there is an Aaron Rodgers trade. Where do the Packers go from here at the receiver position? Because Marquise Valdez Scantling is a free agent. Alan Lazard is a restricted free agent. I think they're going to tender Lazard, but that's going to cost. They could do the Geronimo Allison, where you you pay you know a little bit more than the tender. And you do it for multiple seasons or something like that where you try and spread out some money so you can give a signing bonus and add a year. Whatever it is, I think that, that could be in play here. But here's here's where I am with this class and, and with the Packers in general. When you look at the top of this draft class, almost to a man. They're explosive at receiver. Explosives. You go back to 2020. And you say, okay, well, it's a really good, a, a historic receiver class. But not everyone had the explosive dynamic tape and, and athletic numbers. Even Justin Jefferson, who ran well at the combine, was not seen as an explosive over-the-top guy. Not seen as a deep threat. Seen as a slot. Someone who may or may not be able to play on the outside. Now, we on Locked On Packers where Justin Jefferson stands. This was a Cape account for Justin Jefferson. We loved him coming out. We believed he could play wherever he needed to play. But you go, Brandon Ayuk. He was a big play guy in college, but didn't run a crazy number. Not you know, not a 4-3 guy on tape. Michael Pittman ran the four-fives. Not He was an explosive downfield guy because he could jump over people, not because he could run by them. LaVisca Chenault, he ran slow at the combine, seemed like it was because he was hurt. He claimed it was because he was hurt. Turns out In the NFL, after two seasons, he's just not very fast. T. Higgins ran in the high four fives. Green Bay was just never going to draft him. That was just never in the cards. and, And I think that gets forgotten. Like, oh, the Packers could have taken T. Higgins. Yeah, they were never going to take T. Higgins. Not fast enough. But when you look at this group, when you look at the 2021 group, they can all run they can all run so I just have Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 he has Garrett Wilson at six and now Garrett Wilson is not MBS fast he's not Henry Ruggs fast he's not Deshaun Jackson fast but he's got long speed and he can create big plays because he's got that double move He he's a good route runner and he's got good long speed Even though he's not a long strider, usually you think of long speed with long striders. The longer he runs, the more distance he's going to create for himself. He is an over-the-top weapon, even if a lot of it is sort of in the way that like Antonio Brown was a deep threat. Just because of nuance, not because he ran fast. Still, that counts. Drake London is next. He's the only guy in this top group who's just not that fast. And we're going to see at the combine what he runs. If he runs anything better than four, five, five, there's just like not a shot he's gonna be there when Green Bay picks at 28 in all likelihood. I mean, unless something crazy happens, he's just gonna to be too good. Traylon Burks, he's gonna run four fours, I think, at six, three, two twenty-five. I mean, he's incredibly explosive. He's my favorite receiver in this class. I absolutely love him. And if he were, if he could be uh, a, a Packer guy, man, he would kill it. He's big, Debo. John Dotson, uh, we didn't get to see if he's that fast down the field because the Penn State quarterback could not throw, but he can get down the field. Chris Olave, deep threat, explosive. Jameson Williams, I believe, broke um, the Ezekiel Elliott high school track record for the hurdles one of those he he probably was going to be a four-3 guy before he got hurt incredibly explosive athlete he is a big play waiting to happen that's the that's the top of this draft class all of those guys are potential first round picks all of those guys with the exception of Drake London can absolutely fly. Can absolutely fly. And then you look at some of these other guys who are sort of fringe in that mix. George Pickens said he's going to run four threes at 6'3", 220, something like that. They can all motor. Sky Moore can fly. Christian Watson can fly. Okay. All of that stuff. He is uh, Jalen Torbert. Tolbert, excuse me, from South Alabama, who had just dropped out of his top 50, Daniel Jeremiah did. He can move. So you you have all of these players who can create down the field for you how does that affect the way that you view a player like Marquez Valdez-Scantley? Now, you, you, we don't know if they're going to have a chance to draft one of these guys. Brian Gudikins, not afraid to move up. In fact, this last draft was the only first round so far in the Brian Gudikins tenure where he has not drafted up or moved up in the first round to draft a player. Moved up for Jair Alexander. Now, after moving back, but then moved up. Moved up. For Darnell Savage, moved up for Jordan Love, much to the chagrin of a lot of Packer fans. And then Eric Stokes, moved up in the third round for Oren Burks. They've they've moved around in the top 100 to get the guys that they want to get. And so, they could do it again to get the right receiver. Let's say Traylon Burks falls. He's so good and such a perfect fit for this offense. Walk right in and be a player. Jamison Williams, if the knee checks out. Just slot slot Chris Olave or Jamison Williams into that MVS role. Save the money and you are good. And not just good, you're really good. And if we go back to this original scenario, you get the number nine overall pick. Good chance. You're going to have the opportunity to take the best receiver in this class, whoever it is. And if you think that guy is a bona fide stud, if you think that guy is legit, then how does that not affect the way that you view paying Devontae Adams 26, 27, 28 million dollars a year? And doesn't that give you leverage in that situation? Now, if you're going to if you're going to trade Aaron Rodgers franchise tag Devontae Adams, just say, look, play on the tag and we'll figure it out in a year. Easier said than done. Easier said than done. Doesn't seem like Devontae Adams wants to play on the tag. So either they pay him, and it's a long-term deal, and then whatever you're adding, you're adding as a bonus. Wouldn't it be ironic if the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers to get a former first-round receiver and then use the first-round pick that they got in the Aaron Rodgers trade to, to draft a receiver? I mean, it would just be, oh my goodness. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it'd be, it'd be hilarious, just like objectively hilarious. And also if, if they finally draft a receiver and it's Jamison Williams and he's coming off ACL and he can't play until November, December, even if Aaron Rodgers is back, I mean, just like objectively, it's funny and it's a great troll and I support it. The shape of the draft. Again, I don't think it, it, it affects the decision that you make on Devonte Adams but it could affect your, your holistic approach, your approach in its totality when you're trying to figure out the best path forward for this team. Now, I don't see any of these guys as being game changers. So like if you had a top 10 pick in a 20 draft and you think you have the chance to take the best guy, the Packers love Justin Jefferson in that class. You could have had CeeDee Lamb. I would have taken CeeDee Lamb in the top 10 all day. I think I had him as the sixth overall player. He was certainly a top 10 player for me. Imagine CeeDee Lamb on this team. It's not that kind of class. And there is no clear guy to me. I don't I don't think Garrett Wilson is that guy. I don't think he would change the Packers' life. Someone like Burks, to me, I, th- I, mean, I, th- I just think Burks is better. But if you're going to do a soft reset, then all of a sudden I think it does change your calculations. It changes your calculations with Devontae. And it changes your calculations depending on how you feel about the receiver class. The Devontae stuff, whether you want to keep him or not, and whether you think it's the right thing to do, that's going to be, first and foremost, it's going to be way more important than what you think of the draft class. But the draft class, I think, has to factor in at least, at least a little, at least a little. Thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NFL Drafts. Ryan Tracy and former NFL corner Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. We heard a little bit from Matt LaFleur at the Combine yesterday. He mentioned that Aaron Rodgers was a big part of the decision to hire Tom Clements and then sort of backpedaled a little bit. And made it seem like, oh, you know, Tom has he's just always spoken really highly of Tom Clements and got me interested and all that stuff. And it was just sort of like, really? That's what we're gonna do. Now he said we're you know, the the, the team is trying to, you know, ride the line between saying we want you back and, and being annoying. They're taking their time. From what I understand, and from what is being reported, the team is hopeful. That he's going to be back. They don't know. We don't know. And maybe, maybe Aaron doesn't know either. I I think that, that has to be taken into consideration as a possibility at this point. I said this on the radio yesterday. The longer this goes before we have a decision. I think the closer we get to Aaron Rodgers deciding he's hanging it up. That's where I am because if they're negotiating a contract, as I've said over and over, then the most likely thing is that he's going to come back. But but the longer it goes while they're negotiating this contract that he doesn't sign it, the more that indecision creeps in, the more that you can start to tell yourself, well, if I'm still not sure, and this would be natural for any of us, the more you start to say, I just, this doesn't feel right to me. And if I have to talk myself into it, if we have to get a new contract on the table and you need to sign Devontae Adams and all this stuff, if I'm having to convince myself to come back to play, then I shouldn't come back and play. The longer this goes, the more I think retirement becomes an option. And if it if I thought it was 10% before, maybe it's 15, maybe it's 20. And if we don't have an, have an answer by the end of the week or, or by, certainly by Monday, I mean, if there's no answer by Monday now, nah, we're really it's really going to be a problem because of where the Packers are with the franchise tag and Devontae Adams. You know, we had that whole conversation yesterday about this. So I think the, I think the longer we go with no answer, the more likely we are to hear from Maren Rodgers eventually and have him say, I've accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. And, and for me, now, my priority is my family. You know, Sean McVay. Reportedly was enticed to leave coaching. It's a a burnout job because he wanted to have a family because he had gotten married and he wanted to experience that. Tom Brady just recently talked about how great it's been to be spending all this time with his family, playing golf and having time with them and seeing his parents. I'm not even going to wade into that with the Aaron Rodgers part of this, but... Maybe that's the decision that Aaron comes to is like his life is just more important. He's made enough money and just like he has, he said that it's not about the money. It's always about the money. And maybe he decides, look, I I just, uh, what else is there for me? That's fine. That's realistic. The further we go without having Aaron Rodgers name inked on a contract, the further and 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 more chaos he creates for the Packers in terms of their plan and trying to get all the salary cap stuff aligned and worked out, the more likely it is that it seems like he he he's just done. It. Now he could announce tomorrow Ham hey, coming back, and this is all going to be moot. But if we don't have an answer in the next couple of days, I think that starts to really become. An option a real option for us as outsiders for him clearly he's trying to make these decisions and that's his prerogative of course but if we're trying to handicap it i think i think that's how we have to approach it moving forward follow me on twitter peter underscore wikowski follow the podcast on twitter locked on packers like us on facebook subscribe to the podcast itunes spotify google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts you will find locked on packers and anytime you want to hit us up on the locked on packers fan hotline you can do that nine two zero 341-3775 341-3775 7, 7, to stay black on Packers.